Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. And we're live. Welcome to a Monday edition of the Best Bets program brought to us by Bet Rivers, our fine sponsor, all made possible by the Phil 68. I am Matthew Cox, one third of the three-man weave. Mr. Kai McKeon, Mr. Jim Root are back in the cold, frigid confines of Chicago. I uh, I guess lay out in paradise. Palm tree shits outside my left. A lot of weird stuff happened on Saturday. Some are calling it, Kai, the best weekend of the college basketball season. Uh, and for my Hoosiers and my Blue Devils, it certainly lived up to the billing. What would you take away from uh, all that happened on that well, fine Saturday? Uh, you know, a, a weird Saturday, Matt, certainly strange results, took some L's on Saturday. So focusing on Sunday instead, Northwestern beat Wisconsin at the Kohl Center yesterday. Wisconsin wow. sucks. Wow. Yeah, really suck. I'm coming around on that theory as well, Matthew. Uh, huge game for both teams from a turn- tournament perspective. Northwestern looks not too shabby right now for, for a bid, and Wisconsin circling the drain, so to speak. The second takeaway, Jim, Houston. Avenged its loss to Temple. They thumped them, beat them by 16. Good get-right game for the Cougars after that weird loss at home. Yeah, beat them by 20 in the second half. It, it was like a really impressive, oh, this is what Houston can do. I think at one point they were 17 for 22 from the field, and it was a lot of open threes or drop-off passes for dunks or transition layup type stuff. Like They were getting really, really good shots instead of Living in the mid-range with a, has kind of been a little bit of their flaw. They've gotten lazy with their shot selection in league play. But that was, whoa, okay. That's This is what Houston can do. Uh, Matt, my takeaway, Aiden Mahaney is my king. St. Mary's so good. freshman point so guard. Good. Absolutely ridiculous run down the stretch of that game and into overtime. Yes, he banked in a three. That still counts. Uh, really, really big time for the old St. Mary's to win the WCC future that I never ended up hedging uh, with any sort of Gonzaga bet. So, Pretty pumped about that one, Matt. Still riding high on the Gales. Yeah, and if you were a uh, St. Mary, I feel like no one actually bet on St. Mary's like full games. Like everyone and their mother was on Gonzaga. Um, so yeah, could cover an OT if you uh, if you rode that. I mean, it's pretty amazing that Mahaney has basically elevated St. Mary's to like the best team in program history, like above Delavadova and Tommy Cousy and Patty Mills. Mike, it's just insane. Freshman Omar rookie Sam too. Omar Samhan. I miss wow. the old Gales Good squads. Good pull. Yeah. Good pull, Jimbo. Uh, but yeah, Gales Zags. Talk aside, let's get to tonight's showdown. There's really only two relevant games to uh, to oh. those who care about the big boys. But hey, we shine light on all mid-majors and low-majors, Kai, because we treat them all the same, because they are all the same in our eyes. Uh, money-making opportunities are the same. We're going to Kansas, Texas, Big 12 tilt at Fog Allen, Kai. The Jayhawks looking to bounce back after they got uh, the magic yep. dust of Hilton magic sprinkled on them um, over the weekend. Offense could not get out of the 
out of the uh, the quicksand. Do they get back, get right home against the Longhorns? Short spread, line open three. I think it's up to four now, so some KU money coming in. Yeah, line's around four right now, Matthew. Uh, Bet Rivers at four. Texas, I, I'm pretty much back in on Texas. I, I went away for a little bit with, with Chris Beard, you know, leaving the program, obviously. But they've been the most impressive, most consistent team in the Big 12 right now, you could argue, and kind of quietly. Most people are talking about, you know, Kansas State and Iowa State's rise and certainly deserve the attention. But first place solo in the league is Texas. And, and KU's been bad the last six games, or at least they've struggled. Two and four in the last six, not ideal. I think the key here for Texas is they match up well in my opinion, with, with Kansas's small ball lineup. Uh, Texas certainly has the mobility, the athleticism up front to defend KU's five, uh, KJ Adams at the five, Jalen Wilson at the five type of lineups. And offensively, Texas has so many weapons. Four or five guys can lead them in scoring on a given night, whereas Kansas, you pretty much know what you're getting. You know you're getting Jalen Wilson. That's your guy. I think there's a little bit of value in four here. Um, I, I did not take it, Jim, but that's the way I lean towards uh, Texas's side. Yeah, the, the teams are kind of mirror images a little bit roster-wise, where it's like we don't have a true five really. Like even Disu isn't this like paint-bound bruiser type. Uh, there's a lot of mobility on both sides, and they get a lot of scoring from perimeter options, both via slashing and shooting. So I do think they kind of match up well. Uh, maybe that helps the under because they can kind of take away what the other wants to do, but I don't, I don't have any strong total take here, to be honest. Um, two questions with this game. Uh, is Grady Dick going to get going? He's been really bad lately. Eight for 33 from three under 25% last six games. Also 13 turnovers in that span without being in a high usage role. His offensive ratings are all like 70 and 80 and 65. Like he's He's been really bad. So maybe back home he gets right. And that's kind of my overarching question, Matt. Is this Kansas back home getting right a little bit? 48 hours after a disappointing loss. 48 hours after a monster comeback win for Texas on the road at Kansas State. Does that make it somewhat buy low, sell high for the Jayhawks at home here? And this is a relatively short spread for them. I don't know. I, I see a lot going different directions. Probably sitting this one out. Yeah, I think it's a better spot for KU. But I, I mean, the KU concerns for me are getting kind of real. Like we talked about how Kevin McCuller's injury was kind of lingering and he's not been as good as advertised just to shell himself on offense. Um, so you take him away. You take Grady Dick, who's been, as Kai mentioned, struggling. Like this KU team becomes really Jalen Wilson dependent very quickly because Dewan Harris, as much as we love him, he's not a dynamic scorer. I think he's more of like an opportunistic take your, you know, pick your spots when they're there type of score. So you you can understand why this offense struggles. And then KJ Adams, it's put a lot on his shoulders as well. So I kind of like the um, just in a vacuum, Texas has more scoring options, more offensive uh, flexibility, I guess, than than the Jay, than the than uh than the Jayhawks do. But KU at home off the loss. Got to respect the uh, the home court here, so and the spot, so nothing for me. Uh, next up, uh, talking Miami at Duke, Jim down to Coral Gables. We go some revenge on the mind for the Canes, who could not get it done at Cameron, despite a pretty impressive competitive effort there in a hostile environment. Uh, Duke obviously off a pretty big win, uh, beat North Carolina and a close barn burner. So similar sort of narrative as that last game, right? Do you like the spot here? Uh, do you like the revenge angle? What's your lean here? I think there's some matchup edges for the Canes. I'll talk about, but uh, your thoughts. Yeah, I think the spot definitely, I think, sets up better for the Canes, just not coming off a huge rivalry win. I mean, the, the Clemson win is rather large for standings purposes. It's a good one for NCAA tournament purposes, but it's not Duke-UNC. It probably won't come with the same emotional letdown that Duke could have here. Now they head down to Miami, which you know, not like a house of horrors for the Blue Devils, but it's a tough place to play. Um, and Kai, yeah, the guards for 
uh, for Miami, I think can score. Duke's backcourt defenders when Blake's are on Blake's is not on the court. Not very good. Roach isn't some sort of shutdown blanket guy on the ball. Nigel Pack could get going. Isaiah Wong, who has been up and down a little bit lately, he could get going as well. And I'm not really concerned about Duke punishing uh, O'Meara's size inside. I know he's a little bit undersized, but Duke isn't. I don't want them to play through Ryan Young. I don't think that works well. And he's the only guy that I think can really bully uh, O'Meara in the post. Can Jordan Miller handle uh, Filipowski? We'll see. I think that's a pretty fun one-on-one matchup. Uh, But I do lean towards the Canes. It's kind of been bet differently. Uh, Miami took a bunch of money early, and then there's been buyback on Duke back down. I think it got up to four, now back to three. So people are split. I'm split, Kai. Yeah, I'm I'm split as well, Jim, here. Um, Duke, just fine without Whitehead so far. Small sample size. They're 3-0 straight up. They're 2-1 against the spread. They've been able to stay afloat without him in the lineup. And that's a lot of Jeremy Roach, Matthew, your boy, who's doing good work in the backcourt for Duke. Nice player. Game one of this game, Duke grabbed 39% of its misses against Miami. That is their advantage. Now, should they play through the post necessarily in this game, like Jim said? I mean, I don't think so. But they are the biggest team in the country, and they have a clear size advantage on Miami. It's a clear advantage they should try to take advantage of, especially on the offensive glass. Their defense has also been pretty good as of late. They're very good in the paint. They're very good near the rim. Miami does take a lot of mid-rangers, tough shots. They certainly hit them but maybe Duke can keep them away from the rim, which could be important. I think it's too much size for the Canes. Uh, and frankly, I, I like the way Duke is playing right now. Um, I lean yeah. towards their way at plus three, but I'm not really going to put my money where my mouth is on that one. I think this is the time to hop in on Duke. Um, people are talking on the chat how sick they are of the Derek Wiley revival narrative. I mean, I, I agree it's been a little overblown, but objectively, he's been fantastic defensively the last three games. He's basically answered a lot of the questions uh, that arose because Ryan Young was getting so much of those minutes because he was so good on offense. So now I think Duke has like a, okay, we have our kind of defensive quasi stopper. We can play then, you know, Philip Housey kind of inside out next to him. Mitchell's a great defender. I think Proctor's playing his best ball of the year. Then you have Roach back in the mix. Just a lot of like, you go through the checklist of the personnel, a lot's trending in the right direction for this team. My worry is that Duke's ball screen coverage has been really shaky all year. And that's like Miami's MO, right? They just always have awesome pick and roll because they have amazing shot making play playmaking guards shire made some adjustments in that unc game i kind of liked um from what i'd read about so maybe there's some um you know maybe duke can weaponize their foot speed and agility on the perimeter which they haven't done really at all this year but until i see it bear out i'm not going to trust it i still like duke i think it's a pretty good price to back the team that's probably a buy low but don't like the coral gables component and don't like the miami ball screen jim laranaga uh, potential coaching edge which i've seen bear out um before so uh, moving along, next game up is a uh, slightly less prominent matchup, Jim. We're going to Big Sky Country. Northern Colorado hosting Weber State. Um, two teams I just don't trust really at all. Uh, the Big Sky has a lot of these volatile teams where um, you have strong offenses, you have shaky defenses, and trying to kind of make sense of where each is headed. Uh, I think both these teams are a microcosm of that. You know, how much do you respect home court there at elevation and Greenlee? I do. I do lean Weber State, though. At the current price, at uh, it's come down to a pick. So yeah, some money here on um, on the Bears. Your thoughts? Yeah, I like Northern Colorado. I'm the opposite way. This feels like all right. We're back home after three straight road games. A little more of a get right. Weber State just played double overtime game 48 hours ago. Um, I like Northern Colorado here, Kai, I, and I know they have issues, uh, especially in the interior defense. They've been horrific all season. Uh, Young Cooch tra- transferred to Temple, and they have not replaced him whatsoever. 
but Weber's not really going to take advantage of that. They don't play through Alex too much. Dylan Jones is solid, but he was only five of 16 from the field in the first matchup. He got to the line a ton, mm. uh, but it wasn't like they got punished that badly inside. If you can't do that to Northern Colorado, you're not really taking advantage of their biggest weakness. And Northern Colorado can shoot. You can go over the top of this Weber defense. They're playing pretty compact. Kind of the opposite of Ray, Kai. When Randy Ray was there, they were like, take away the three-point line completely. Uh, now you can shoot over the top, and Northern Colorado can do that. So with the spot at elevation, um, one team coming off a 2 OT loss, the other one not. I like Northern Colorado there. Yeah, Weber State, brutal travel and turnaround. Right, Double OT game on Saturday in Pocatello, excuse me, Pocatello, Idaho. Going to Greeley, Colorado. That's over 500 miles, Matt. I Googled it. I Good checked since Saturday. That's a tough trip. That's got to be a tough trip, right? And double OT, a lot of these guys played a ton of minutes on that on that in that game. Now, Northern Colorado has not been good. They've been terrible in, in big sky play. Very disappointing. Brought a lot of guys back from last year, and they just haven't lived up to it. It's also their first home game since January 21st. Perhaps that gives them a bit of a boost here after three straight losses. Their last win was at home on January 21st. Um, I, I think Jim's right about shooting. They cannot be this bad. Koontz and Net and Connect are two of the best players in the entire league, and they have a chance to uh, get the Bears a win on any given night. I do lean towards Northern Colorado, fully realizing how bad they've been this season. They are a different team at home. I agree with that. I think there's a you know a good by low angle there, um, and the spot, Kai, as you mentioned, is pretty brutal. I, I still like Weber. I think um, even though they're not super deep, uh, I just think Duff's made the right adjustments more more often this year than I've seen from Smiley at Northern Colorado, who I think is like, where they play one way, they play three and D, uh, you know, the money ball, Jack threes, defend the three point line. And it just hasn't quite worked this year. They've kind of ignored the interior. That's why they've been so poor defensively inside. I don't think Weaver's like, is going to punish you at the rim, but I think they can against this defense worried about the spot. So I didn't play it, but I still lean toward my wildcats. Matt, one um, team's two and nine in the league, the other seven and three, and it's a pick them. Isn't that a fishy line? Fishy trap line. The books are like kind of hanging those little like bear trap in front of you. So totally yeah. a trap line. That's what yeah, that's what, that's what Mad Matt, Matt, that's what they woke up this morning at Circa and thought like, how can we trap betters into taking it? <laughs> um, all right, next game. Kai, Big Sky Country, we stay to the Sky Dome where Jim's actually been in the flesh once before. I've never been here before. Maybe I'll get down there at some point. Uh, Northern Arizona, another team much better at home than they are on the road. Uh, one of those higher elevated, weird places to get to, funky gyms, hosting Idaho State, Kai, who I think has been quietly really solid lately. Um, a big part of which is their kind of renewed focus on playing inside out because they have a serious size advantage where most of these teams in this conference. Uh, you look at some of the minute splits with Brayden Parker, their big bruising big, who I don't actually like that much, by the way. Who I do like, though, is Colby Lee, who's been playing... Um, not a lot, but his point per minute has been off the chart. Good former BYU transfer kind of has like that old man laboring back thing, but they're big up front. I think they can punish NAU inside, but does the home court uh, negate that for the Lumberjacks? Well, home court and also Idaho State's facing this same travel as uh, Weber yeah, State is, Weber, the yeah. same turnaround, right? They're in that double OT game. Yep. Yeah, and their legs probably are tough in this one, even more so than Weber. Three guys played over 41 minutes in that game for Idaho State. Um, the, the game, the first game in this matchup here, this series, Idaho State NAU played 65 possessions, had 132 points. No reason to believe the pace goes any higher than that. Now, efficiency, who knows on a given ba- on, a, on a nightly basis, but would hope the pace would be low enough to where this one actually stays under. That's kind of the way I'm leaning in this game. And I'd lean towards NAU on the side for similar reasons as the Weeper fade here, Jim. Kai, lean harder towards the under. It's my best okay. bet. Yeah. That's I'm going with the basically exactly for what you said. 
Uh, first meeting was 65. I think with really short turnaround and one team off double overtime, I'd, I'd guess for shorter or, or slower than 65 possessions. They're both really slow offensively, and I think that typically kind of ampli- amplifies itself um, in terms of taking the tempo lower. And I'm hoping that, yeah, that tough turnaround, the efficiency won't be as high. I think Parker can score inside. I think Cone can score on the perimeter against Idaho State's defenders, but hopefully it is slow enough, Matthew, where under 139 is able to come home. Obviously, I lost both my unders on Saturday. I won both of them last Thursday. Up and downs. We go up and down. I'm going with this one, Matt, as my low and best bet of the day. Yeah, actually, I don't usually have many totals takes. I do like the under here as well from a pace oh, perspective, well, but uh, you are screwed because I've lost <laughs> uh, I've lost a lot of totals this year on pace driven angles. Um, so yeah, famous last words, um, the old Maddie Jinx to get us before we hit chat mob round one. Ton of games to get to today. Uh, who's gonna round them all up for so us, Mister Czar? I got them. We got three questions to to start us off here, Matthew. You get the Delta Devils traveling to Alcorn mm. State from Renzo Brothers. Disrespectful to leave him off the outline, Matt. The day of swag. I thought about it. How dare you? I Your thoughts, Matthew? Twelve point spread. Uh, I think it's about right. I actually kind of lean toward the Delta Devils. They with they got uh, two guys eligible at semester. Um, Raekwon Brown and Tyron Mosley, I think, is the other other guy. Like they actually can score and make shots. It's a team that now has like backdoor potential. Where I think before it was like you kind of hang on by a thread and hope you stay inside the number with Ivory's kind of slow mix and matchy defenses. Um, there's a little offensive oomph to this team now where I kind of trust them a little bit. So yeah, and a swack where 12 points feels like a mountain to climb. I kind of like the Delta Devils. Delta Devils, 15 and nine against the spread this year. Where yeah, I mean, all. Jim, UMass Lowell is going to Hartford in a non-conference weird game here. 16 point favorites on the road against Hartford. Thoughts. Yeah, I was really hoping you'd give me this one, Kai. What a <laughs> what a barn burner. Um, it, it's the same like Chicago State thing where do we does it matter to the team that's not playing a conference game now for Lowell? Like they're sort of in a race with Vermont. Why does this game matter to them? Uh, it's been a conference game in the past, so perhaps there is some bad blood there or something. Um, perhaps, but I, I'm probably not really buying that. I saw also someone ask about the under. I'm pretty close to betting the under. I just Hartford's defense is so bad they could give a bunch of points, but um, they, they've had a few unders in a row. They're playing really slow. I, I could buy that one with neither team like motivated to push the tempo and, and open the game up. They just got Kimbro back too, who is one of two players I actually can name on Hartford. So I know he's like a big bruiser inside who blocks shots. Probably good for the under. Another feather in that cap. Mm. Love feathers, Matthew. Green Bay at Milwaukee. Milwaukee minus seventeen and a half in a. I will call it a rivalry game. I do think this is actually yeah. a rivalry between these two teams. Uh, what are your thoughts here? I mean, don't back Green Bay. They couldn't cover five as a dog against IUPUI, although IUPUI has been Tell much better that. lately, so we kind of have to reshape that that narrative still. It, Green Bay is a disaster. It's not one of those situations that I thought would be like, oh, coach gets fired, they rally around, acts as a you know defibrillator to a season that's basically flatlining. Uh, also, Jim Zay Blake, who's like the only player I kind of respect from that team, didn't play last game. Not that players really matter for a team that's as talented, depleted uh, as Green Bay, but don't back Green Bay. I mean, like, technically everything is like, yeah, back the huge dog in conference in the rivalry game, not a big travel, but Green Bay is an outlier exception. Do not touch this team with a 10 foot pole. Yeah, Karen Davis didn't play either. It's a talentless roster, like, completely talentless. It was a bad bet on Saturday, among others. Okay, let's go back to the outline here. Uh, It's Swaction. 
It's Swaction second half, Alabama A&M at Grambling. Jim, going to you here. Uh, we bemoaned Alabama A&M's annoying Jekyll and Hyde nature that burned us on Saturday. Um, it's a team I liked backing up until this year just because I liked the coach they had. I don't disrespect the current coach. Otis Hewley, I think, is doing a, a fine job. However, Grambling just got Cartier Gordon back recently. He is a cheat code in this conference. Does he dominate the paint for the Road Tigers? He might, but Alabama, Alabama and actually size. has a little bit of size. Like they've got two big old bruisers to just kind of get in the way, provide 10 fouls against him, force Gordon to work. And I think that's the most important thing against them. Uh, their perimeter guys kind of feed off of when he's getting attention and he's a top 50 recruit, Gordon is. It's just like a total hack in this league. But if he's not really able to get his 1v1, Kai, this changes things a little bit. I know he's he's definitely more mobile than the guys that are going to be guarding him, but I think they'll make him work. I think it's going to be difficult. And Grambling's a team that lives at the free throw line, but they don't make free throws. And it's hard to lay points on the road with a team like that. No. Well, I just realized, sorry, real quick here. Um, Akinobi didn't play last game. He's like the big seven-foot shot blocker for AM. Just a note. So, sorry, Kai, go ahead. Well, it didn't matter because they beat Certainly by didn't. 21 It did points, not matter. And they shot that? 73% from two in that game. Just a total beatdown and one of the weirdest results I've seen uh, in my 100 years of covering the sport. I truly, truly am like flabbergasted by that result. But uh, I do think Cartier Gordon is unstoppable in, in this league. Jim makes a good point about fouling, though. Put the guy on the foul line. He's shooting 43% from the free throw line this year, Cartier Gordon. Golly, just hack-a-shack the kid, and maybe they will. Um, Grambling has been impressive, though. I, I thought Southern was the best team in this league. I still might, but Grambling's the highest-ranked team in Kempom, and with with Gordon in the fold, he might be the most dominant player in this conference. I, I do like them here. I, I do think catching Alabama A&M off that home run effort against Southern yes. Right. combined with the talent Grambling has, I think I lean towards Grambling here. Pretty short spread, three and a half points. I agree. I like that angle as well. Um, Kyle, going right back to you for Jackson State hosting Arkansas Pine Bluff. The Fighting Mo Williams is against the uh, Fighting Solomon Bozeman's here. Spread is currently sitting at four. Some money coming in on the home team here. I don't have a really good read on either one of these squads this season. Um, I kind of had them pegged middle to bottom of pack. Uh, but yeah, so kind of a hard stay away. The over appeal to me, 141 feels low. I feel like this could be a little bit of a track meet and maybe a foul fest. Thoughts? Jackson State's been really bad lately. They've lost three in a row. They're 0-5 against the spread their last five. And Pine Bluff is the exact opposite. 7-1 against the spread their last eight. They've been, in, they've been playing extremely well. Sean Doss, probably the best player on the floor in this game. Uh, so I'm I'm simply going with the team with the better form here, and you're getting them as a four-point dog. So Jackson State's been disappointing. You could definitely make the argument Pine Bluff is more talented overall, Jim. I, I lean towards the uh, Golden Lions. Yeah, I've actually enjoyed betting peanut butter this year. They were really feisty mm-hmm. early in the non-con, hanging around teams and against with like massively two big spreads. Uh, they started like near the bottom of the country in a lot of the analytical rankings, and they've gotten up 40 to 50 spots from then. Uh, Jackson State's missing Trace Young, or at least he got hurt two games ago, missed last game, their highest usage player. I think without him and the recent form that Kai mentioned, uh, certainly tilts it towards Pine Bluff for me there. Yeah, I think Bozeman's really done a nice job adjusting. He talked to uh, talked to me, actually, preseason for the Almanac stuff. He's like, yeah, we tried to do pressure havoc, uh, Abilene Christian type stuff. That was his influential golding last year at Terrible, absolute layup line, like one of the worst interior defense. This year, they've actually kind of shelled it up and made some serious. I mean, look at their defensive improvement from last year. It's night and day. Um, definitely the spark behind their recent mini surge. So uh, props to Mr. Uh, Mr. Bozeman down there. 
Um, Kai, sorry, we're going to have to talk Southern. I know you're it's a, so, or a sore subject for you, but they go to Alabama State. Uh, the Fighting Madlocks, who have been um, feisty in certain spots this season, although still not quite up to my expectations. This spread is sitting at minus six and a half Southern Lane, just under a touchdown on the road. Do you think they bounce back with vengeance today? Well, Southern's dead to me, uh, as I implied. <laughs> I bet on Southern on Saturday. Uh, yeah, weird result. Okay. Um, I still... <sighs> Grambling or Southern, it's one of the two. Still the best team in the SWAC. Southern's top three on both ends of the floor uh, per Ken Palm in conference play. They play a fun up-tempo style. Their weakness is interior defense, which really came through against Alabama A&M. They're dead last in the conference in two-point percentage field goal percentage allowed. Alabama State can't exploit that. That's not really their game. They're dead last in this conference, two-point field goal percentage offense. I think angry Southern here bounces back and smashes Alabama State Gym. That's my lead. That's like exactly the angle I had. That stat exactly, the two-point percentage stuff. I, I I think that's the most important part of the handicap. So, Matt, not going to belabor it. I agree. Spot sets up well for Southern, and Alabama State can't, can't punish them inside. So, go Jags. I agree. My only thing is I still have this weird vision of Alabama State being good this year, and it kind of lingers in the back of my mind, and I can't get out of my head. So, I was kind of leaning Bama State just on that, but it, there's just no evidence to suggest my prior notion was anywhere near accurate. So it's probably time to, to wipe that one off. Um, all right. Last game here. And it involves my best bet. I'll just spoil it right here before we get into any analysis. I'm taking Bethune Cookman plus I be- can I get seven? Is it seven or six seven and a half, seven and a half, seven in the hook. Good. Let's lose by a touchdown fighting Reggie Theus's. Um, don't look now, but the Bethune cooks, a team we thought was very talented, kind of a sleeper dark horse preseason is playing better. One, three in a row. They just waxed, um, Prairie View over the uh, over the weekend. Now they stay within that same Houston area and make a pretty quick travel um, to the to, to downtown Houston to take on Texas Southern, who just lost to Florida A&M, who's not a good basketball team. Yeah. I think even though Texas Southern team has got some key pieces back, they're on the verge of imploding. So I think this sets up good from both angles, kind of a buy low, sell high, or just sell a falling knife, more of a, not really a sell high. Texas Southern's not been very good. I like that the BCU here, B dash CU, Kai, to be uh, true to be a proper right. notation. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought you were kicking to Jim. That's my. That's oh, my Jim. Bad. Yeah, sorry, I kind of left that one hanging. I was just so right. proud of my take. So you guys can just kind of let that, let that, uh, let that Fair simmer enough. out there. Go ahead, Jim. Yeah, I'm just. I I can't believe that Texas Southern's been this bad, given the fact that they are healthy. Like you can't lose to Florida A&M. That team is terrible. You can't give up the points that they did. That's that's really a, a dark stage for Texas Southern. They still have like one of the three most talented rosters in the league when they're healthy, but did not show it against Florida A&M. And Bethune-Cookman might be one of the other most talented rosters in the league, given some of the transfers they have. And they're actually starting to show it. Um, I think that Harmon combination at, at point guard with, with Garrett is pretty impressive. And Joe French now is like a glorified spot-up shooter. He was one of their best players the last time they, uh, last season. So yeah, it just... Preseason rankings definitely feels low for my uh, my ratings of these two, but they're heading different directions, and uh, it's probably the the BCU boys are playing up, Kai, like Matt said. Yeah, Bethune, you guys hit it already. They're living up to their potential that Matt saw in the preseason. Four and one against the spread, last five. Talent is undeniable on this roster. We've said it all season. They just haven't been playing well till just now. And yeah, I thought Texas Southern was back, Matt. But two straight losses, one against Florida A&M at home. The team's just not right. Injuries definitely have killed them. They've used 13 different starting lineups this season. That's tough for yeah. basically any team to overcome. But a good take advantage point for 
a squad that's getting over seven points right now on the road, I'm leaning towards the team in the better form. I, I support your best bet with Bethune there. Thank you. I appreciate your support. I, I'm looking at this Saturday, January 28th, double OT loss to the rival Prairie U by 15 points. Like losing by 15 and double OT kind of gives me white flag waving vibes. And then you followed up with the loss to AM. Hoping that continues tonight here. Uh, chat mob round two. Are there any questions left to discuss? We got one. There's a couple. One. Okay. That's not in best bets. We got Holy Cross and Lafayette. Who wants it, baby? Who wants it? Lafayette's laying two and a half on the road. Jim. Bet the, bet the goat. Yeah, that goat. doesn't that doesn't feel right. I, I lean towards that, the home team there. Mike Jordan. Uh, yeah, Mike Jordan. Road Jim favorite disagrees. Lafayette. No, yeah, road favorite Lafayette doesn't really give me warm and fuzzies. I like that team a lot as a dog. The way they slow the down, the game down and grind, but I don't need them laying points on the road. Yeah, I don't need either team here. This is a very hard stay away, Kyle. Yes, um, Holy Cross, another team I'm kind of mad about from Saturday. Uh, okay, that does it for Chat Mob Part Two. Let's get into best bets, starting off with Jim. Jim. Yeah, just to recap, Idaho State at Northern Arizona, under 139 is my best bet. Two slow offenses, quick turnaround, tough travel for both, actually. Um, the home team's coming back from Montana. I think that forces an even slower tempo, hurts the efficiency a little bit too. Uh, so going with the under 139 there, Matthew. Bethune Cookham. They're going to cook Texas Southern today. And H-Town, Kai, let's go Wildcats. Outright win, maybe. Be nice. Comfortable cover would be appreciated. Your best bet. Yeah, and why not? And my best bet's Tarleton. Tarleton State, minus one and a half at UT Arlington. It's a bounce back spot, excuse me, after the Rio Grande Valley fiasco. Tarleton lost outright as an eight and a half point favorite. It's a letdown spot for UT Arlington after a home run effort to beat Sam Houston last game. And game one, Tarleton, frankly, took care of business against this team. They were up by 20 in this game ended up winning by 10 they forced 17 turnovers i think you're going to see a repeat of that so tarleton on the road not usually a good bet tonight i think they get it done minus minus one and a half on the road houston get out of here and it's saturday weird results uh it was weird and yeah i I mean tarleton on the road it's you know it's an hour and 20 minute drive so it's not like they're making the you know cross-country flight to seattle so i like the angle there even though the home road splits are stark that concludes today's program. Short and sweet. We'll be back tomorrow with a much more uh, appetizing slate of games. Same time as always, 12 Central, 1 Eastern, 10 Pacific. Until then, good luck. Winners only. <laughs>